Your Pittsburgh Steelers got out a huge win on Sunday night against the Seattle Seahawks, 23-20 in Heinz Field in overtime, much thanks to the best defensive edge rusher in football, T.J. Watt. We're going to break down his performance, what made the win special, but also what scared you about this win because the Steelers looked like they had it in the bag. And then, of course, very Steelers-like, started to let the team creep back into it. We'll also get you get into where is this team at 3-3 three and three heading into the bye week. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers. Your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can download this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can also watch this show on YouTube. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our video. It really helps us out here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Steeler Nation, it's Victory Monday. Yeah, yeah, you should be feeling good. I know that a lot of you might be panicking about how that game was won, but remember, you take a win however you can get it in this league. This was a this was a tough win. The Steelers came out looking strong on both sides of the football in the first half. Little little hiccups there on offense, but it's fine. It's fine. The defense is playing great, and all of a sudden the defense wasn't playing great. They were getting gashed by Alex Collins. It was a nightmare situation. They they looked like they were like all the all the momentum had shifted away from them, and then all of a sudden they started to turn it on at the right time in this in the second the second half. But clearly, clearly top story of this game is TJ Watt being a phenomenal player, the best edge rusher in football without a doubt. In this game, the team needed to come up big, and this is how you come up big. Seven tackles, two sacks, two, three tackles for loss, three passes defense, and a forced and not just a forced fumble, the forced fumble that gave the Steelers the ball back in Seattle territory in overtime to seal the game. That's coming up clutch. That's not just producing numbers in garbage time or producing numbers early when it doesn't matter. That's finding ways to win in key moments of football. That, those are the things that you can't see on a stat sheet all the time. Those are the things that when you go back and like Troy Polamalu, Troy Polamalu didn't have the most interceptions of all time or anything like that. But you know what he did? Several times when the game was on the line, he found a way to make an impact. And that's what TJ Watt did in this game. His first sack came on a huge third down that, that gave the Steelers a chance in regulation, or excuse me, not regulation, but like late in the game. Um, and it gave it gave, put the Steelers in a chance to say like, hey, we can, we can have a shot at this. We're, we're still going to have a chance for our offense to respond. Then his last sack said, okay, offense doesn't want to respond. Guess what? I'm going to give it to him myself. And that was a huge way for TJ Watt to announce his presence in this game. Also, cannot overlook Cam Hayward. Doesn't have the ultimate impact play that destroyed the game like TJ Watt did, but he was phenomenal. Nine tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss was all over the interior, and the two of them showed why they are two of the best in, in their positions in the NFL and why this team is so dangerous. Also, would be remiss, Alex Highsmith, phenomenal game as well. Seven tackles, one and a half sacks, 
four quarterback hits. He was getting after Geno Smith, two tackles for loss. He was up in the backfield early and often and was getting after it. Also had a few plays where he was doing the right thing fundamentally, checking, you know, bumping the right guys, turning the run back to the inside. We'll get to those running back game struggles in a bit because I know some of you are saying, but what about the problems they had? Listen, I feel you. I saw it too. It was definitely frustrating uh, if, you, if you're watching it from the Steelers' perspective. But one thing that you got to remember, this is a young team that we all knew was, go was going to have issue issues early on this year. This is a team that was going to make big mistakes at, at some point, and they had to find ways to gut out tough wins. They had to find ways to overcome those mistakes. Ben Roethlisberger trying trying to pull, pull back a pass and fumbling it in his own territory. That was was a big mistake. Uh, the the defense giving up some of the plays that it did that was a big mistake. The offense not capitalizing when the defense was dominating early that was a big mistake. There were a lot of different times where you had to look at the situations and say, man, this was a scary point for the team. But Mike Tomlin always talks about complimentary football. Always talked about situational football. And when you look at situational football, that's what it comes down to in this game is that when the when the Jets or excuse me, the Seahawks, I'm still stuck on who Geno Smith plays for. But when the Seahawks had every chance to put the to, to, to go to go on top of the Steelers, the defense did rise up in those moments, even though they did allow the Seahawks right back right, right back in the game um, after controlling the game for so long. But what went into that? We'll get to that in just a second. Um, a few other takeaways here about the dominant performances of guys. You cannot overlook what Najee Harris does for this team through six games he has the most yards from scrimmage of any Steelers offensive player in the history of the franchise in their first six games uh of, of their NF that is insanely impressive he ran the ball 24 times for 81 yards only 3.4 yards per carry but he was gutting out every single one of them and I can say just from watching I was I was not at Heinz Field as you can see I'm not in my normal location right now recording I was in, I'm in New York but uh uh in all in all in all seriousness you know, watching it from television and I'm seeing it, you could see the Seahawks were all up on the run game. They were trying to take away Najee Harris so much. And that's what opened up when the Steelers tried to go to the jet sweep. And they did go to the jet sweep two times, once leading to a 25-yard uh, jet sweep carry by Deontay Johnson, got him into the red, red zone. Another time by Eric Ebron, a simple one-yard touchdown. You know, it was just one-on-one, -on -one, had the matchup that he wanted and got in there. Big big time plays from from Najee Harris led to success for other guys, and that's the and, and that's one thing that you want to take to the bank. Also, six catches on seven targets for forty six yards and a touchdown. Heck of a job here by Najee Harris. Also, Deontay Johnson, I'd say, not a great game, but nine catches on 13 targets for 71 yards. Solid day. And Pat Fryer with seven catches on all seven of his targets for 58 yards. Really good job by those guys. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There were a lot of problems in this game. We're going to get to that just shortly here. Before we do that, I got to tell you guys about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another lets you stream your favorite shows while you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and then you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. 
Com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, continuing it rolling on the Steelers' Sunday night football win over the Seattle Seahawks and T.J. Watt being a phenomenal player. Remember, you can get this show on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, anywhere. Podcasts are hosted. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and you get a special shout-out at the end of the show. Now, let's get to the parts that were extremely scary. In the first half, the Steelers defensively did all the dominating. This, the Steelers the Steelers defense and the and had six drives in the first half. None of those drives went further than the Steelers 43 yard line. All of them ended in punts or the end of the half. It was a uh, it, it was a dominating performance. The, the the Seahawks had nowhere to go. They couldn't run the ball, couldn't throw the ball. Everything was just not working for them at all. And then they came out in the second half, and it was terrifying for the Steelers' defense. They first, the first drive, they come out ten plays, run the ball down their throats. I think they uh, they they called nine run plays in this drive, going seventy two yards. It was an ugly drive. Six of those six of those plays went for first downs, and then punched the ball through. Alex Collins in this game was terrifying. And in fact, he's the guy that the Ravens used to have success with against the team. He ran the ball 20 times for 101 yards and a touchdown in this game. It was rough. And then that, that that's what that's what allowed Geno Smith to to build to build off of that because then he started to get you run the RPOs and that's what allowed the Seahawks to to move down the field. Geno Smith finishing with 23 of 32, 209 yards, one touchdown. Now, here's the thing I will say about what went wrong and how it went wrong in this run game. The issue was the Seahawks found the weakness in the Steelers' de- defense. That's where I see – we, we look at this and you're saying, okay, what was the weakness? A lot of people are pointing at Devin Bush. I was looking at the, I was looking at the plays. Each time it was coming from the defensive line getting bullied, and guess where, away from Cam Hayward. You had T.J. Watt on the end on one edge, Alex Highsmith on another, Melvin, Melvin Gordon on another, and then you had um, and then you had Cam Hayward bowling. But where were they going? They were attacking Isaiah Bugs and Chris Warmley's gaps consistently, and then Henry Mondo had to get in there, and Isaiah Loudermilk had to get in there. And I actually thought Isaiah Loudermilk held his held his own in that situation, but you saw the problem with not having a Lulu, not having to it. The Seahawks were able to pick at the Steelers on the interior of their defensive line, and that's where the holes kept coming for Alex Collins. And, and if you notice, Cam Hayward couldn't get to it for a while, and the Steelers weren't trying to bring guys up and commit to, to the box because they knew that, hey, Geno Smith isn't going to beat you consistently all night with his arm and, and throwing accurate passes. What he can beat you with is a deep ball down the sideline where DK Metcalf just happens to beat one guy, kind of like how Henry Ruggs, Jamar Chase, a lot of those guys have done that in recent weeks. You want They wanted to avoid that situation, uh, Cortland Sutton also recently. So they kept. they said, hey, let's keep the two safeties back most of this time well eventually he said all right well that's not working so they brought guys up they got more aggressive and you saw after those two, after those two touchdown drives because again they were back-to-back touchdown drives in the third quarter just pitiful effort there by the Steelers defense they hold they hold the Seahawks to a field goal and 
in a very scary, scary fashion. Ben Roethlisberger, after his fumble, I thought at that point, I'm like, this is where the Seahawks can break the Steelers back. But the Steelers stood tall. They got, they had, they three and out of the Seahawks, forced a punt. And then from there, the Steelers defense was hanging in there. The last drive, you, you would, you'd like them to not give up the field goal in that drive. But in overtime, absolutely clutch, forces a punt, uh, you know, after four, after five plays, had rough field position. But then on the very next on the very next possession, you see TJ Wilder's fumble. So how do you fix the problems in the run game? Because that was the biggest problem here with the defense. Right now, it's a matter of saying, you know what? You gotta be able to trust somebody in this defense to be able to hold down the fort. And if I'm gonna trust anybody, it's gonna, you know what? I'm gonna trust Mika Fitzpatrick. I'm gonna trust Joe Hayden. I'm gonna trust the, I'm gonna trust those guys to make plays. I'll also say, by the way. I omitted this in the first sex segment. Forward had a very good game. I'm sorry for, for not bringing that up, Steelers fans. I know I was tweeting it during the game at Carter Critiques, if you want to ever check out my tweets and my Instagram. Uh, but uh, when I when I was looking at this game, I mean, just especially early on, you seem to keep finding Trey Nord. He finished with three tackles, a tackle and a pass defense. Uh, but consistently, he seemed to be putting himself in the right place, had a tackle short of the line to gain on a third down, had a big tackle for loss, had a, had a nice pass breakup, continued to find ways to contribute. And again, he's not a superstar, but Trey Norwood doing this, good sign that he's gonna that he's making his way in as a seventh-round rook, rookie there. So big plays from him. Um, you know, looking, looking around this team, you still want to see, hey, can they consistently stop the run? Is there going to be an issue when it comes to the, it comes to this long term? I guarantee you teams are looking at this right now with the Steelers, and they're thinking, all right, this is how we're going to take advantage of this team when we get there. The Steelers have to be prepared to say, you know what? If 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 you're un, if you're uncomfortable, if you're unsure about about whether or not Isaiah Bugs, Chris Wormley, Isaiah Loudermilk, Carlos Davis, if he ever gets back, if that crew of backup defensive linemen can't hold it down in the middle, that means you have to figure out ways to fortify them. But this is where it could get tricky. When you start doing that, then you expose other parts of the defense. A big part of what could make this defense special, and heck, when it is special, because we've seen it be special this year, like when they played the Bills. That's when you see this defense at its best is when it's allowed to kind of just play into its roles and play everyone to their strengths. But when one group has to start compensating for the other, that's where more mistakes happen. That's where that's where offenses can say, oh, OK, inside linebackers coming up a little faster to help the defensive tackles because they're not confident in them. Guess what? I'm going to throw right behind those guys now. And if that's kind of how it goes with the secondary. Oh, you, you don't trust your secondary to do all this. Guess what? We're going to attack you this way. Those are the things that are the come and goes of football. Got to kind of, kind of take you know attack attack with your strengths. Try to hide your weaknesses as best you can. We'll see what the status is of Stephon to it. He's been reportedly seen at practice over the over the past couple of weeks. You'll see if he works his way back. He now has a bye week. We will see if that's part of the issue because if he can come back, that could be a huge boost to what the Steelers need to balance things out defensively. Offensively, man, there are a lot of issues in this game. Um, one, Chase Claypool. I think that Chase Claypool has a, a, a very, very high ceiling. I think that he could be one of the better receivers in the game, but he has to learn how to win those jump balls, those 50-50 balls down the sidelines. And the thing is, we've seen him do it before. It's not like it's not like him to do – you're asking him to do anything that's crazy. But if you're the Steelers, you're saying, hey, you know what, Chase Claypool, we, 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 we drafted you in the second round because we thought you could win those jump balls. Now, I will say this too. If you know that's not his strength, strong point – 
why are you still throwing him the ball there? And that's a question I think of the offense. Say, you know what? Get him more targets in the middle of the field where he can get loose on guys. But he finishes this game catching only two of seven targets for 17 yards, had an offensive pass interference called against him. Just not good at all in, in, in his regard. Also very curious about the situation of James Washington. He only got targeted once in this game and it was seemingly disappeared. Have to think that he was injured at some point uh, for him to not get more looks. And I mean, Raymond McLeod was starting to see more time than him. Um, so that so there's that as well. As for Ben Roethlisberger, you guys know how I feel about Ben. I think that he's not he's not washed, but I do think that he has to be better mentally. And in this game, there were times I thought he looked better mentally. He read, he read a couple of the blitzes from the Seahawks and was able to pick at them, but just still not the level of consistency you want. Uh, that the fumble that he had was all on him, no one else. He needed to be able to bring that ball back. But he did throw he did throw a touchdown to Najee Harris. He did make some some big plays when 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 the offense needed him down the stretch though. He, he was kind of a ghost in trying to be that playmaker. They, they're going to need him to be able to step up and make some big drives uh, late in games if they're going to want to win football games later this season. But the Steelers, the Steelers, like they've always said, they'll take a win any way they can take a win as long as it means they're getting the win. Cam Hayward talked about that after the game. Like Tomlin talked about that after the game. you got to find ways to win football games because you never know which game early in the season. That doesn't matter if you, if you want it ugly, if you want it, it was the ugliest win you've ever had in, in, in history, that's fine. It counts a win just the same when you're looking at the, at the tiebreakers at the end of the season. And this win does get the Steelers to be tied with the Cleveland Browns at 3-3. Three and three. And guess who the Steelers play next? The Cleveland Browns. A lot of implications will be coming in that game, but that's two weeks off. What do the Steelers need to do uh, leading into then? Who are they going to be when they actually when they actually play the Browns, and who do they need to be if they're gonna if they're gonna actually make a playoff push this season? We'll get to that in just a bit. But first, I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. If you want a healthy treat that tastes like a candy bar, Built Bar is the protein bar for you. It's the official protein bar for the U.S. track and field team, and it comes in so many different flavors. Whether you want a fruity snack like raspberry, strawberry, orange, or something different like salted caramel, cookies and cream, Rocky Road, or my personal favorite, double chocolate, or that real cookie dough flavor y'all know that I love so much. Built Bar has all the flavors you can enjoy. And the best part, they're all healthy. They range from 130 to 180 calories. They pack only 17 to 18 grams of protein, but pack 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. As a tasty and healthy snack, it'll save you from eating the snack you'll regret later and help anyone stay on task with their diet. Order today and get your favorite flavor delivered right to your door by going to built.com. That's built.com by using promo code LOCK15, that's LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all capital letters, all one word, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. We're also brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of the year again with football well underway. There's so many different ways to make money this season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface and even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, for all for, for to receive that welcome bonus. Again, that's Locked On, all capital letters, all one word. When you look at the website, you can go in. You don't just pick games. You can also pick who's the next coach that's going to be fired. Think that someone's going to follow up John Gruden really soon? Yeah, well, you get to make money off of that on Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football to basketball to boxing, right down to horse racing. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, y'all know when I do a back to back ad read, that means we keep it rolling here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. So, all that being said, where the heck is this team? 
who the heck is this team? Those are the key questions right now because the Steelers need to, to find an identity that's going to carry them through the team. I still think that the, the ultimate identity of this team is great defense and running the football and basing that a little bit off of some play-action passes that can get they can get guys open. You saw a glimpse of what Matt Canada's offense can be like with some of those jet sweeps, with kind of playing off the run. That's the kind of success you wanted to see now. It completely died away in the second half, and that was weird. But you still saw the remnants of the offensive line kind of moving forward, kind of making progress. Dan Moore Jr. got injured in this game. Uh, Haig had to come in at some point. Zach Banner is activated off injured reserve but didn't play in this game. He, he, was, he was left inactive for the game. But the fact that he's activated off injured reserve means that he will have a chance to come back this year. Maybe he comes in. Maybe maybe this is the time for him to t- jump in and take over for Dan Moore. If he has a s- substantial injury, it's going to impact him longer. Uh, we'll see. But the bottom line is this offense needs to find some level of consistency because when you're facing teams down the stretch this season and they're going to face several good ones. I mean, the Chiefs, Chiefs looking skeptical as well. But you still you still got to play the Browns twice. You still got to play the Ravens twice. You still got to play the Chiefs. You're going to have a whole lot of games that could end up being a lot tougher than you need them to be if if you're not being consistent, at least on certain points of, of, points of the game. But I think one thing that works in the Steelers' favor, like I said before, they're young. When you're a younger team, you get better as the season goes on. You start to figure things out. You start to find your rhythm, not just on the field, but off the field. Because oftentimes, it's the off the field rhythm that can really help. Because when you start learning how your guys operate, you that helps you on the field. When you're like, hey, I know I can trust this guy for X, Y, and Z reasons. Those are the things that I think can help carry the Steelers to a successful year this year and get them to the playoffs. Now, will they get to the playoffs? That's anyone's guess right now because they are not playing consistent enough for me to say, you know what, they're definitely a playoff team. I think they definitely have a shot, um, but they need Ben Roethlisberger to make less mistakes. They need um, they need to be able to play. They need to play more consistent defense. They need to be able to develop a better run game. In the you know for for the Steelers offense, but all in all, I still see this team as being one that can push people down 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 late in this season. It's going to be about them growing together as a group. I saw some a much better blocking from Kendrick Green in this game. I think that Najee Harris uh, is still again a phenomenal player. You got guys like T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, Ken Hayward up front. There's so much talent in this team that can't be ignored. And I know a lot of people are going to try to ignore it, but still, a win like this in an ugly situation where things weren't going your way. That's something else. I also addressed this before the show's over. That call, those those calls at the end of the game were atrocious. I mean, there were more than a few calls that were just kind of like, "What? Is, what is this official crew doing?" But that the end of the game when DK Met, Met Metcalf catches that pass and then obviously catches the pass, stays in bounds, fumbles, and then the Seahawks recover and then they're trying to sprint to the line and spike the ball. You stop the game after they snap the ball to 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 say what. To, to, to be like, oh, yeah, you're going to review. I thought Mike Tom had every reason to be mad about that. But I will say this. I don't think it impacted the game at all because they the, the Seahawks did spike the ball in time. So I think they were going to get another shot there. But either way, there were just several points where I was just like, man, this is some rough officiating from these guys on both sides. So uh, that, was a, that was a rough one. But uh, the one thing that I've always be- believed the Steelers, you know, their, their monikers when they talked about it is that when those type of things happen, you have to power through, you know, like when in the, in the AFC divisional round where, you know, Troy Polamalu picked, they picked Peyton Manning off and then got up and fumbled the ball and they called it incomplete. And Joey Porter went out and got back-to-back sacks on Peyton Manning that, that you know, they thought was going to close out the game. Those are the type 
type of things that you do when you're under fire there. Those are the type of ways that you step up for your team. You find ways to make plays, even when it's frustrating the calls aren't in. There were several guys who did that in this game. The Steelers, before even before T.J. Watts forced fumble, T. Minka Fitzpatrick forced a fumble, James Pierre forced a fumble. They just had several just bad plays that just kind of or bad bounces. I would say bad plays, but bad bounces that went away from them. Those things eventually come back for you. If you keep creating fumbles, the odds are that you're going to start to recover them. And in this game, they got that one fumble that changed it. And if they had gotten it earlier, they might've changed it a long time, a long time before the end of the game and maybe save some of you Steelers fans, some, uh, some heart attacks. But there's so many more things to break down about this game. We will get to more of that with Tony Serino on a Tony Tuesday right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. You can download this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Odyssey. You can also watch this show on YouTube. Remember to hit the like button on YouTube and then also hit the subscribe button so you get all of our videos Monday through Friday breaking for you on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you give us a five-star review with an Apple po- on Apple Podcasts with a positive comment, you get a special shout-out at the end of the show. This one comes from your boy Meatloaf, YT, who says, the best place to go for Steelers content. I have learned so much and had so much fun listening to this podcast. My view of how the game of football has, has, has played has been sharpened, and it's all because of the people on this great podcast. Even when we lose, this, this podcast is always realistic with future expectations, but also cheers you up after seeing the team that you love not coming with the win i'd appreciate a shout out on my youtube channel your boy meatloaf where i make videos about primarily pittsburgh sports i even have a series titled days of our steelers there thanks again yo we boy meatloaf for your uh for your five star review we appreciate it do check out his youtube channel give it let's lock down steelers fans give our give our guy some some love over there and, and like some of his videos let's subscribe to his channel uh, that kind of stuff really helps him out and if you want your shout out be sure to leave a five star review with a positive comment on apple podcast again i'm chris carter follow me on twitter and instagram at carter critiques we'll be back tomorrow breaking more things down about the pittsburgh steelers as they get ready for their bye week sitting there three and three mike tomlin Dug him out out of the dirt, got him two big wins in a row. Now they get to reset everything and go at it just in two weeks.